I still could have it. I still could have it. Jordan, I'm feeling really conflicted about a doco I saw on Vice. What was it? It was this about, African nation is fucked. No, it was about feral cats <laughs> in Australia. Oh no! What was it? Hipsters going? You can adopt them. No, they were just showing people killing them. But I was right. yeah, just talking about that today. We need a whacking day for feral cats. Yeah. It's so tough seeing these cats get killed, dude. Oh. I know they're bad. I know they're like killing native species and stuff, but I'm just saying there's some part in me that goes, there's got to be a better way. Are you? Is that what the hipsters were saying? No, the hipsters were saying kill them. Right. Real. Just, just look away, Ali. Like they were showing, well, look, not the hipsters. There's a whole community that hates people that kill feral cats and and I'm not I'm not supporting this. They're sending death threats and shit. Totally not on that train. But um, and the 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 argument that these hunters always have is that we don't have issues with their breeding habits. We have issues with their eating habits. Mm. Well, they're kind of connected though, aren't they? Well, that's what I was saying. Like, couldn't you like? Isn't there a way to just? stop breeding it's the it's the people too man like i just i thought it was like a species on its own but like no it's just straight up house cats gone rogue Mm. there's always going to be people maybe we should just ban people having cats i agree with that i honestly agree with that it's getting ridiculous i don't like that i know you want a little instagram selfie with your cat but oh yeah so cute oh but sorry, the fucking did what's it called? Dullard, whatever the fuck that little wallaby is in Kangaroo Island, is dying. Dullard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Kangaroo Island Dullard. <laughs> hey, you got it right. You know, we're we're gonna raise enough money to save a species which i think is incredible ali but miss love did make a very true point what is the difference between a kangaroo island done it and the mouse that miss love fed to a snake <laughs> one spent two hours in the freezer hey i tell you what one has citizenship <laughs> rights and the other doesn't yeah you're yeah. right actually yeah the other one's just an illegal immigrant yeah, that's that's how I feel like when I'm the cat. <laughs> that's when I look at that cat. It's like, hey, that could be me. Especially <laughs> because one of them was wearing one of those like little mufti hats when it got shot. <laughs> no, no. You know what I think of myself as? Because I have citizenship, I think of myself as a house cat. Like I'm just one house away from being shot down in the street and <laughs> every person in Australia doing a celebratory dance. <laughs> <laughs> You you uh you think quite lowly of yourself, don't you? <laughs> no, he's just watched a lot he of. Do, uh, he does actually. Affair. You do have quite a indifferent. I've never met a man who is more neither here nor there about being alive <laughs> and what they do in life than Ali. <laughs> you're so like you're so cool. Well, with either of it, you know, like I I can't imagine you even giving a shit if you became paraplegic tomorrow. 
<laughs> I, I would slightly protest at that. <laughs> I reckon you'd be like, dude, this sucks. And then just go back to reading. Well, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Everyone does that. <laughs> go back to reading. <laughs> well, Miss Love wouldn't notice if he's quadrupled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sir, look, you've been a quadriplegic for five years. What? Dude, look yeah, at me. No, it, would be, it would be news I, to him. Dude, look at this. I basically am. Look. Uh, help me. Like, my, I don't need my legs. They're not, they don't move. They're already in a body bag. Yeah. That's so good. The world's laziest mermaid. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It's true. As with. You know, as Metallica say, sad but true. Miss, are you like on board with killing every pest? Uh, <clears throat> you mean like introduced pests and stuff? Yeah, by the way, introduced by us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, hey, also, Jordan, our foxes, foxes were introduced as well, right? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah. The problem with those is they're such majestic creatures. I do actually feel a lot sadder about foxes getting killed than cats, especially because foxes in England have such a hard time. Do they? They kind of deserve to have their own little paradise like we got. Why? Why do they have such a hard time? It's the scum of the animal kingdom like we were the scum of human society. What do you mean? We all just learn to get along. It's the Cockney people, right? They hate foxes. No. It's all the upper class cunts. Oh, shooting them. Why do they hate them? Oh, they shoot Fox hunting. They just got, they get like 600 of Ali's dogs to run out and dig them out of holes and rip them to pieces while they sit there and be like, yes, I did that. Care for some tea? (laughs) What is that sport? Is that how that goes? They don't shoot it or anything, do they? They just watch... A bunch of people <laughs> tear a fox to shreds. They do that here too, not with dogs, but with bullets. Yeah, look, it's an easier death. That's what my dad used to do for money, actually. It's it, it's necessary work, and I wish that there was more meth heads. Don't you think that that's what we should do? Anyone who tests positive to meth, you just go, run, boy, you're free now. Here's <laughs> a task for you. Here's a shovel, just beat anything with four legs that you come across <laughs> you know jordan only in a more perfect world you know but do you agree that that's a more perfect world yes make people that are aggressive that beat up nurses go beat up cats yeah yeah what about like what if we like uh this isn't my idea but like what if we train dogs to go and hunt go and hunt cats and other stuff like other um invasive species no because cats have this uncanny ability called climbing trees <laughs> he's right god so much and, and every time like dogs for what ten thousand years have been tricked by that maneuver every time just looking up <laughs> being like last foiled again dude <clears throat> ali come on whacking day yeah whacking day for cats and Every meth head's invited. Okay, how well, about this? Remember how I told you guys that they invented a new mosquito in Singapore? 
that basically was like they created this good looking mosquito they released it into the atmosphere their job was to go have sex with as many female mosquitoes as possible but what the female mosquitoes didn't know was that it was making them infertile yeah and to get no. rid of dengue shit don't you think if get we can send a man to the moon we can invent that ultra male cat that can go and neutralize every female cat out there uh mm. it does seem like it's a little more complicated than doing it to a mosquito <laughs> well mm. I, but then again i really am stabbing in the dark geez i feel like missed off talking about vaccines now i can't <laughs> i can't add anything i got plenty to add Probably right hmm? i'm just scared to chad cat <laughs> Miss Love is pulling a my mom. All right, should we should we go <laughs> on with our, our first segment? I'm actually curious about. All right, what is it? Miss Love's view on vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great first segment. <clears throat> I reckon. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> like I'm down. <laughs> um, but the first one was, and I'm genuinely curious. Uh, uh, I would have asked you in person as well. What's your take on um, the Christina Keneally being parachuted, as the press calls it, to a safe ethnic seat in Western Sydney? Well, it's just classic uh, how the Labor Party machine works. And, man, if you... I, I, I just don't... I understand, like, from a factional position because they were, she's duking it out with other members for number one seat in the Senate. Sorry, can you go a little... What's the... What faction does she belong to? Oh, man. Keating's own. Oh, really? So she's... Child uh, of New South Wales Labor. Okay, right. so she's, like, right. And, uh, and the left are basically trying to get her out of it. Is the right? Is the right? I don't know if they're trying to get her out of it. Well, well Tanya, yeah, they, they are trying to get her out of it. You're right. Yeah, sorry. They are. Tanya just yeah. came out like because she's one of the leaders, I guess, of the faction. She they asked her about the question, and she didn't say obviously that Christina shouldn't get it, but she said that uh, the other ladies, Lee, what what her I can't remember what her name was that she is experienced enough for the job basically implying that she'd rather have her and honestly speaking so would I like if she's from that community if she's experienced and she's been doing the grind maybe that's just stemming from and this is my personal opinion I don't know anything about that lady but whenever I listen to her speak there's something in me like I don't trust that woman <laughs> <laughs> it might be completely unfounded i don't know but I, that's just my gut feeling when i see her it's the same thing you know how like women can sense out a uh, me tour that they they can just sense if some guy i get well not in terms of me too well, it's really not that hard to sense one of those out no no not that she's me too but i'm just saying there's something about her that gives me the same vibe that hillary clinton does that you could be a psychopath i can't be sure well, I think it's the fact that she has that classic dystopian American female soothing accent. <laughs> you really, American, yeah. you couldn't have picked a cooler and more untrustworthy accent, could you? 
it's it's, it's not- a perfect combination of both. It's just any robot that is going to turn against humanity will sound exactly like Christina Cadillo. <laughs> <laughs> only thing that that's mad i like that about her as well it's i think it's a cool accent but i just need to get that out on the record it doesn't sound like that mm. so what well, you met her <laughs> that was a legitimate point for me <laughs> interesting oh, let me write that one down he's right you, her too, right you could possibly raise to him ever let's just blow up the planet yeah i Miss, you Don't need to too, write right? it down all up here. Sorry? You met her? I've never met her. Oh, okay. John, what's what's the it... I know like I know who she is though. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, what, what what's your take? What do you think? About is there a legitimate reason for her to be there besides No, no, no. Why that's why okay. politics? Can you explain this to me? Why does Labour right want her to be uh, in the federal parliament, like, what's the motivation? Just like she has friends, like, is she really good at something that I'm unaware of? She used to be a premier, but from all I hear, that she wasn't the best premier the states had. Like, what's the motivation to have her there? Why is she so important? Uh, because she is sort of a vote wrangler i think which is that she really deeply does understand how politics works and usually what happens with factions is you have a few dunderheads in your faction <laughs> and then you have smart people in it as well like your albos your bill shortens your christina Keneally's that sit there and are sort of the spokesman for the block of votes she's one of those for new south wales right Okay, so she's... So she's kind of a valuable asset for them in that she is truly a child of New South Wales Labor right and she articulates their points well. Mm. So, so what they... happened to her electorate? Why isn't... Because I'm guessing that she has... She, she's a well-known personality. She used to be the premier. Why isn't she running from the same electorate that she did when she was um, in the provincial... Uh, parliament, sorry, state parliament. Because isn't her electorate, oh, I can't stand Tony Abbott because he voted no. All right, let's vote for pretty much if Tony Abbott was a woman but ticked another box on the plebiscite. <laughs> okay. There's no chance that she's ever going to get that seat. She could try and recontest Ben along again, but I don't think that it's going to work. The thing is, yeah, she she kind of has proven to be not very successful electorally. Mm, so she's and, like, I think, and I think that that is because, really, Christina Keneally, every time you look at her, you think, why aren't you the governor of Massachusetts? <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just the fact that she's American. It's... it's it's the, she has the exact opposite problem that the Vietnamese person that she's outing, which is that the Vietnamese person is Vietnamese. And the thing is, if you want, like, Tu's dad hates the Labour Party for the same reason that Miss Love's mum hates the Labour Party. Yeah. Its colour is red, and therefore it's as communist as Stalin is. Yeah. And there's that no thing cool. around that, unless no. the person that has the Labour banner underneath them 
their name is either Tran or Nguyen. Then he's voting for them. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That means if you want to win seats. But that's the whole thing. This is this is a this is what someone this is what people really need to understand about the whole diversity issue, which is the no one really cares about this stuff like you know women don't really care about it the men that claim that they care about it don't care about it what it does is allows yet another certain level of subservient base vote in the system right like it's that same thing of just like it is it is a inherent problem i will admit with the labor party um that because like the same thing with unions, for instance, that they're all allotted a certain amount of candidates. And it's the same thing with women. Like it's just 50% of them are gonna be women. Well, if 50% of women are running, but I don't know, let's just say 30% of those are duds, those duds just become more, you know, just hands in parliament that can be raised. so, like, I think that this is the whole thing. When they talk about the whole diversity, well, that's a really good example to shine your social justice warrior skills by electing some Vietnamese chick to parliament. But they don't actually really care about electing a Vietnamese chick to parliament. And frankly, nor do I, apart from the fact that she's got a better chance at winning the seat. But that's, again, the whole point of a meritocracy, right? Like, I think that she is a very capable candidate. She knows the community well. She reflects the community well. So in a perfect meritocracy society, she should get that seat. Well, yeah. That's, that's not how the game goes. But the game, I suppose one thing we could support her for is that there's no room for technocratic candidates in Australian politics. Most countries have some kind of leeway where you can nominate like certain amount of seats to send in and just bring them into the executive branch if you win. There's just no room for technocrats. And I suppose the Labour right thinks of her as a very capable politician, but unpopular. So she falls into the technocratic category. But that's not to say that uh, the Vietnamese chick is bad. Like she could be really good too. No, she could be. She's just not in the right faction. That's how the game goes. There's another, there's actually examples of them doing really stupid things. It's another one. There's another one that they're trying to run that's this, you know, like gender studies PhD or something like that. And there's some Indian dude there that really represents the society. But they, again, like they, they choose the gender studies one for, I don't know what it is, fucking Liverpool or something that they're running around. Mm. I think it's... <clears throat> I look, I, I, these are all very, very simple observations about how the Labour Party faction works run. Because the truth of the matter is, people that have been working in the Labour Party machine for 20 years will tell me I still don't understand how Labour Party factions work. So anybody that tells you that they understand it is lying. Um, it's kind of this weird old archaic system with all of these evolving parts in it and these trap doors and shafts where some <laughs> dunderhead will have the uh, seat for 30 years straight while someone extremely capable just walks into some trap door and ah! 
<laughs> but what you can like sort of almost tell already is that whatever whatever the inner workings of it that is causing this, it's not diversity. That's just being used as a, as a tool by one faction against the other. No, but that's always diversity is a political tool. It's I, I really don't think anyone outside of just getting headlines to keep this charade going, just kind of like saying, I don't know, Australia's for the fair go. It's just one of these meaningless platitudes that's just churned out and that becomes a reason when there is no reason. Um, I, I really think that that's pretty much as far as that goes. And it's really unfortunate because this this vietnamese lady she probably is it, she just happens to be vietnamese but she might be taking all the other boxes but because of the stupid issue we're now looking at her in terms of diversity which is really unfair for someone that could be very competent i think she is as well yeah it's apparently she's an extremely impressive candidate but she's out <laughs> <laughs> the downside of diversity. And quotes. now, what this this electorate fouls or whatever it is is going to be represented by a lady from Minnesota. Where the fuck is Cornelius from? I know. Where is she from? Well, they still be- need to know the answer to that. Why <laughs> isn't she in the Democrats? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I've she met her, and I, that's all I was thinking the whole time. She got Was lost it, on the Why boat. are you talking to me? Shouldn't you be on CNN right now with Anderson Cooper saying, okay, so the vote count in Maine was somewhat disappointing. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought she was. She used to be a member of the Democratic Party in the US. Yeah, what? When she was 16? Well, whatever. She was always. Like, she is. She's from the same pedigree. I'm telling you, she's Hillary Clinton of Australia. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is Hillary exactly Clinton. Exactly the same and, vibes. Huh? She gives me exactly the same vibes. Like, I wouldn't say that she's dumb. She looks intelligent, but she no. She's really. She's actually. She is. Um. You know, there, there's a reason that she's the deputy leader of the Senate. She's uh, abnormally articulate. And she's quite good at painting a picture as well. She's quite a raconteur. Didn't you say she was... I remember when you interviewed her at the time, you are like, she's CIA. Yeah, I still think that for sure. For sure. I definitely... Well, that's the only way that I can uh, put it together in my head that there's an American there. But having said that, you know, uh, Dude, how per- how perfect is this? I'm just, I'm just looking at the chat. She was born in Vegas. <laughs> That's no awesome. way. Apparently. Well, why is she in politics altogether? Why isn't she just being like Liza Minnelli impersonator one night only? <laughs> For the discounted price of $125 a ticket. Snub the $500 a night price. Yeah, the only politics she should ever have is when she says, the president's in tonight. Can we put a spotlight up at him? Give him a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for running our country. We love you. Hey, was she the yeah. premier Who after... Who dancing? Huh? 
Was she the premier after Bob Carr or before? After. after. Oh, man. Bob Carr was the stable one. Then after that, there was a lot of turmoil that happened because of property developers slowly eating their way into the Labour Party and becoming faction bosses. And so they started installing their puppets at the top and the, the wheels fell off the bike. Uh, she was the last ditch hope that they had and she didn't come up with the goods <laughs> but at the same time can you really look it's very unfair to say oh she's a loser why because she didn't win an impossible election and then failed to reclaim Howard's old seat what an absolute failure well, she is an loser. Bill is a loser. Who? We're not talking about Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think it's the same thing with Bill Shorten. I think that if Bill Shorten just ran the same game that Anthony Albanese is, he wouldn't have won 2016, but he would have won 2019. Yeah. I think even he would acknowledge that. Oh, he does acknowledge that. Yeah. He was saying uh, there was a few things that really killed him. The Clive Palmer thing, uh, stop Adani. This was all part of the rich tapestry. But if he had his time again, he would have done what I think every Labour Party election campaign should ever be, which is just this, Albo will do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Well, that works for me. Seen if that works or not. We know that the Bill Shorten strategy didn't work. We'll see if this one works. Well, look at McGowan. What did he run on? He ran on that. He just kept saying over and over again, "We are a sensible government, but we also have a, a small, tiny hint of compassion." For example, we built a hospital with the possibility <laughs> of more hospitals to come. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to build any more hospitals? Oh, I didn't say that. Let's not go nuts. He and then he came in, and then he just outlawed native logging forestry. He's a king. Oh, the WA guy. Hey, miss, do you remember when we met that small, shriveled Scottish man? And he was like, I still can't to this day, can't figure out if he said, I'm Mark McGowan's dad, or if he said, I'm Lemmy from that Lemmy show's dad. <laughs> Dude, that was his dad, wasn't it? Yeah. That was the day where on the same flight we had that guy's dad, Delta Goodrum, and you didn't sign that very nice stewardess's whatever. You didn't give her your signature. What? You refused an autograph? No, we, for, we, no, we forgot. We forgot. We forgot. Miss Love's angry about it because he wanted her number. <laughs> no, I didn't. Do you, Miss? Do you have the fetish of the air hostess? Oh, look, I got a fetish for everything, but that's not the point. Fetish <laughs> uh, for everything, even garbage ladies and bus drivers. Well, I'm getting even up now. It's like Silverstone. Believe. Dude, I'm getting up there now. Anything goes. It's just like, how about an alien? Yeah, whatever. I don't. Whatever. Yeah, well, everyone wants to have sex with an alien. Yeah. In fact. I want that to be the first vote of this episode. Can we just get a poll going? <laughs> Would you have sex with an alien? 
Dude, uh, most of our audience are neckbeads. What do you think the answer to that question is? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they have very high standards. I don't think that's <laughs> accurate. I really uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna well, let's find my, out. my hunch is no. <laughs> hey, also, having sex with an alien is attractive to most people just because I think we're coded to spread our genes as much as possible. I think there's something in us. Because you know, like imagine you were a what like a a Homo sapien and you saw a Neanderthal and were like, yeah, should we get it on? No, wait, you're saying you'd have sex with a Neanderthal? No, I'm just saying, according to history, we had a lot of, like, we, all the different species of humans fucked a lot, which is kind of the same as, like, <laughs> having sex with an alien. All right, I changed the polling question. The polling question is, would you rather fuck an alien or a Neanderthal? <laughs> what would you guys rather fuck? alien neanderthals are done and also if you find any i know they're done but let's just say you brought one back yeah i would i would be i would be a very strong critic of having sex with them i would recommend <laughs> that they find other neanderthals so that we can preserve their population not to find one who's like you know what you need a little bit more of homo sapien in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but ali there's only one so you can have a go. Yeah, alien. But here's the other catch to this question. The alien morphs to look exactly like that Neanderthal. Then oh, you do. Jesus. Apparently, a lot of people are into the idea of Neanderthals. Are you <laughs> joking? Is that winning? Neanderthals were thick, according <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> Miss, which one are you going? Fuck, marry um, you, kill. And the Neanderthal is basically just a hairier person, right? Well, yeah. Look, just think of a female footy player. That's an <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Uh <laughs> Such Panthera shit, dog. Panthera. Panthera. Am I wrong, though? All right, I'm looking. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't want to. I don't want to meet an alien, let alone have intercourse with one. Huh? I don't want to meet you? an alien. Why? Alone. They're scary, bro. Um, anyone? What are you talking about? So, if you had the chance, you're not taking it. No, I'll go the thick. I like thick. I like thick chicks. So we're. Uh, is that why everyone's not having sex with the alien? Because they're scared that it's going to either ray them or probe them? Well, I mean, probing at that point is just part of the fun, isn't it? <laughs> Suppose a lot of people then have had sex with aliens. Wait, who would you choose, miss? Oh, sorry, Jordan. Yeah, I'm going the alien for sure. You know those <laughs> aliens in Star Wars that have the two tentacles as ponytails? hey look if it's the three boob chick from total recall i might think again but go on <laughs> you love tits oh, wow. <laughs> he, he loves them so much he wants extra <laughs> it's i'm just a man <sighs> upsizing imagine if she put hot sauce on her tits well wow. <laughs> 
Guys, this is, this is in the uplight. Miss Love's going to come before he sucks on him. <laughs> <laughs> Need I remind you, we are not on the uplight. I know it's late, but this yeah, is not the uplight. Fuck it. Just again, though, if, this is how saucy the normal one is. Imagine how saucy the uplight one is. We, we're just talking about sauce on tits. And I'm saying <laughs> it's saucier than that. You know what's funny, though? Most of the uplights and ones are asked about reminiscing about girls that we were too scared to ask out in like year 10 to be like, you know, and I'll just always carry that with me. Anyway, good night, guys. You know what the Uplight podcast is? It's a little ad. You know the scene where they forget that Jimbo, Kearney, and Nelson are locked in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is us. You know, I always use bullies as a way of getting attention. Yes. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> then freedom. Ride these bikes to Mexico. Yeah. If you just want a, a, an ever-extended scene of that specific Simpson scene, sign up to the Up Late podcast. That's it. Hey, Sandy just logged in and just wrote, I hate that I logged on right now. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy, would you have sex with a Neanderthal or an alien? Write in the comments. Or spit roasted by both. (laughs) Damn. Ali is third way to the core. (laughs) Third way or third world to the core. She said, fuck off, Shanks. Okay, I'm going to take that as the Neanderthal. Well, she dated footy players in the past, so the same thing. <laughs> like I'm telling you, dude, go look at NRL players and then look at Neanderthals. The only difference is they're wearing polyester instead of animal skin. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, Panthera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, should we move on to our next topic, which is probably <laughs> something apt after this segment? Yes. Have you guys checked out the new court ruling that um, uh, pages and channels are liable for any of the comments made by its users or viewers? Well, on YouTube. Technically, anyone on Twitch right now that says something defamatory could get us sued and we'd be liable for it. We're screwed. We're done. Dude, well shut are we down. screwed? I think Australia is screwed. This is just fucked. When did that? What is this? Is this like a subsection to Barilaro suing Google? What is this? <laughs> I think there's another angle to this, and you might, you guys can choose not to agree with me or uh, cut me off, but judges. Because they live in, look, they have a well-paying job. They're usually smart people. They're usually part of the intelligentsia. And they are all about personal respect and honor. And they choose to ignore freedom of expression because that's for the commoners. Because aristocracy doesn't need freedom. They're already bosses. They have freedom. It's people like us that need freedom. And we don't necessarily care about our honor that much because society hasn't given us that much honor in the first place. Yeah. I think there's a serious disconnect over It's very easy to be polite if you're permanently in power. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah, how... And of course, people are obviously going to, like, you know, 
they're obviously going to lift your egos at all times. You're like a fucking judge. People already assume you're one of the, you're the smartest person in the country. So for you, your honor is big, but just know it just comes from your position of authority. And I think <laughs> it's, that's why they're lenient towards this. It's, it's ridiculous, but there's no way. Now, nah, uh, having said that though, I do think that that's, a thing I, I think that judges are so consumed with what's fair i don't even agree if they're fair it depends fair for whom if you're mm. talking about fair for the powerful then yes but if you're talking about fair for the common man then i don't think so because you could look at this exact judgment from both angles on one hand it's fair for people that are unfairly defamed no matter where the um, publication is, if, if the publisher intended or not, if they had any involvement, what, whatever. It's, you can argue it that it's fair from that angle, but then it's not fair for already marginalized communities that don't really have any other venues to voice their opinions except for fucking internet. Like now you have people, common people, that are for the first time able to chirp at you. And yes, they're vile. But that's because they are the common man. And you, you have to accept that you're only as strong as your common man. So if you can't really accept what your common man says, then there's a problem with society, not justice. Mm. Totally. It's true. All throughout history, magistrates and that class of power have always had a real issue with the fact that common people like swearing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange, isn't it? This is Australia. God damn it. The the factors that are forcing any kind of voice to go against anti to go against the establishment is already so low that there's only a handful of people that have the balls to do it. And so it's a small group of people to put in jail or penalize financially the shit out of that they're they go back to like not even owning wi-fi anymore so it, it's gonna they're gonna use this but it's not gonna be everyone it's only gonna be the people that have the balls to go against the tide what what are the details of this like why why did we just spend an hour being like is christina clearly nice maybe no no i think she's nice and then you're just glossing over this what are the details when did this pass how did well, this it get enacted? Recently. I'll sort of, I'll sort of like <laughs> explain the judgment as succinctly as possible. So the the court said that it's the reason why you're liable for comments on any publication is yeah. that the court isn't concerned with the intent of defamation, which you'd assume is something that the court should be concerned by. But yes, they're talking yes. about the intent to publish. And defamation being a byproduct of the publishing itself. It's a very Dude, legal, is... stupid, nuanced thing, but it's that's the that's the view that the court has taken. That that's insanity. Like if you intend to defame someone, it's important if you intend to publish, and within that publication there is defamation, so you'd be liable for it. Why why yeah, there's a, like the Australian lawmakers or the courts uh, seem to not be able to grasp what the internet is or how it works on any level. 
I don't understand it. It's like we already get sort of every other policy shipped off to us from America. Can't we just, surely they will just look at America and be like, okay, we'll sort of adapt their perspective, which isn't this. No, they take all the shit that's fucked and they refuse to take the stuff that guards some of your civil liberties. Like, do you think, is it possible to get like some sort of a referendum whether we should get like a bill of rights in Australia or a constitution? Is that ever going to happen? Yes, but guess who's going to have to make that decision? It's going to have to be made by people that are sitting in parliament that are so hoity-toity about any comments being passed against them. So why would they support a referendum? But I also think that when it comes to the Bill of Rights, they always argue that we just have an evolving constitution. And so that's constantly being argued and formulated through the times. But as Ali points out, (laughs) it's still the same class of people that are formulating what the Bill of Rights are. Right. All throughout history. (laughs) That's the thing with common law. It It was explicitly formulated by people that had nothing to do with the common people. It was straight up the aristocracy that were making decisions for them explicitly. And we're still relying heavily on the same precedents that were created by, by extremely rich men 400 years ago. But hold on, on a principle level in terms of law, why are we, how are we any different from, from England? We're not like we we have a constitution. They don't even have one, but we're not really that different. Our entire thing is based on England. We're but then, how come than any other country in the world? But we, then, what I'm saying is, how come is it just by chance that you know such a ridiculous law is being passed here and hasn't been passed in England, for instance? Well, it hasn't been. Look, it really. I don't look. It, this is related to defamation law. Defamation law in Australia, the court has just taken an extremely lenient approach towards the plaintiff, yeah, yeah. people that file. It's just yeah. like even this, this is a clear approach. Someone that chooses to ignore the intent and mm-hmm. bases it on the function of publication. This is a decision made by someone. Sure, it's based on whatever their perception of fairness is, but that's a decision made in Australia and other countries are more mindful of it. I think part of it has to do with the fact that our entire parliament aesthetically seems to be filled with people that are pub drinking, low class, everyday Joes, but they're all fucking aristocracy. It's like a fucking mm. game that they play. Not Bob Ketter. 7% of the people in parliament <laughs> went to private school. But How they, many? Like 97%, some ridiculous amount. This yeah. is a outdated figure i don't know the recent ones right right, right. Show, and they all like pubs and they all pretend that they're some fucking common person what's that uh, parliamentarian who recently got in for like fucking putting coal on his face and pretending to be a miner when he was <laughs> a banker i don't know oh i know who you're talking about i think the um i know i know who you mean the skinny guy i forget his name the queenslander yeah yeah, I don't that know. Yeah. But that's like that was literally, and it's on every side of Bob Hawke's entire career was that how he pretended to be a common person, whereas Albo, like extremely affluent, educated, and right. Albo's, Albo's a common guy. Albo's a common man. Well, but he's in the minority. He, but he's in the mass minority. 
Yeah, and it also depends on the definition of the common man. Well, public nah, housing. he was. He grew up in... Uh, well, actually, he's below the common man. He grew up as a houser. He was a houser kid, yeah. And basically, he... if Spanion wanted to be PM... <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ali, you do have a very... You're right, you're right. Dude, even but... in law school. Like, you, you sit in law school and you'd be in a class... And the, the professor yeah. would be talking about how law lacks, and they'll they'll always say these laws were made by rich men, rich white men back in the day, and we need to promote our uh, promote diversity. There's a lot less women in law than there is now. And then I look around my class, and I swear I'm not kidding, at least eighty percent of the people at law school would be girls, and that's great. Like I have no issues with that. So see, it's clearly this quota of diversity will change in a few in a decade or so however you know what there's no fucking diversity for maybe this is just unsw law but there's no poor people like mm. no that's of- exactly what it was like when i was at uni and i was hanging out with the law students it's even mm. worse in sydney university at least at unsw there's a couple of rich migrants uh, sorry migrants that worked their way up but just mm. a couple and are completely like you i remember there was this one uh, guy who was actually really good at um uni and he was a cops kid and he was the only one that would actually bring out some common rest of these people just fantasized about working at the abc and their parents worked in some cushy jobs and they were super well connected like they would get jobs lined up before they even graduate there is wait, no wait. trouble for them. And all the, was... even the even the diverse pool, like you look at like the ethnically different people, you look at like Chinese people, they're if they're international, they're super rich Chinese that have come here to like get another edition of degrees to satisfy their Chinese businessmen parents. All the um the Australians, they are their parents either work in top-notch bureaucracy, they they all grew up in like eastern suburbs. There's very, very few people that come from like the deep West or like come from West. They're all, they just seem to be from the privileged class and there's no fucking diversity there. There's a lot more women. Mm. Well, that's the whole thing with the diversity argument in general. It's always the press. They say the same things, courts, parliament. It's never right. It's, It's always that it's just, it's class, but it's just the, again, you're always just, this is what's really freaking me out. You just see the shifting attitudes of the elite throughout history. And they always have a different flavor. They always have their little pet social justice cause. But the cause is never trying to improve the circumstances of 99% of the population. Mm. Always about fucking them over. I don't like those odds. Yeah. I don't either. And it also scares me that a schmo like yourself, Miss Love, when you're talking about people, it's like exactly what Ali was saying that you go, I don't know, man, people that I've met from the North Shore are pretty Aussie. They like barbecues. Yeah. And uh, what does their dad do? Uh, they run Optus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, what I'm saying is that doesn't exclude them as being uh, those particular people as being bad people or like, you know no but it's that same thing of like man you you look at the world very differently when you've been hungry for sure i've literally been hungry (laughs) living under a bridge (laughs) yeah 
You're also probably hungry right now. Yeah, I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about what I'm going to do for dinner. You know what? That should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> Love Bella Bradgick. Always hungry. <laughs> that makes me that makes me sound like I'm one of those like multi-millionaire uh like you know entrepreneurial business tycoon it's like always hungry and then you, you, someone's reading I mean, like, you just see the front page and it's you've got that classic wanky black and white photo of yourself with a skivvy on but you're also eating a pizza <laughs> <laughs> he's got a sense of humor finally a millionaire with a sense of humor <laughs> oh my god i just saw the best thing boys i've got to tell you this uh i've been talking i've been in talks i've been thinking about it with this great koala national park and I thought, you know what? This is the sad point that we're at. We are a developed nation that are killing off some of the most unique animals on earth. We have more than enough money to save them. We God. have all the legislative powers there. It's just our government doesn't give a shit. And so I thought, look, maybe I can just get a bunch of billionaires to come together and chuck in their equivalent of 10 cents and save koalas. And um it's sad, isn't it? It's, it's sad that we're at that position because that money should be going to preserving the Amazon. And Jesus Christ. I mean, it shouldn't be going anywhere to preserve any of it. It should just be happening. But anyway, this, this group is so awesome. It's called The B Team, started by Richard Branson. And you know what it's, the B stands for? Billionaires. Oh. <laughs> so relatable. So relatable. All those, you know, those cool billionaires that love getting those photo ops of themselves in like a Cacman do jacket, just hanging out with some, I don't know, like Incan guy standing yeah. around, and they're just being like, Do you have any of that peyote stuff? Well, let's have a whack at that. I mean. This will doubt you less at any day. You know, those kind of... <laughs> it's just filled with that, all those kind of pictures of them gallivanting around the world in private jets, uh, you know, just being like, but it's made out of Brazilian nuts, the fuel, so it's all eco-friendly. Now, let's go surf in Hawaii during COVID, you know? Like, they've got, <laughs> they've got that kind of stuff. What do they do? Huh? Dude, they, they, they do that. They oh. wait for people to come up to them and say, can I have money? And I, I swear that that's what will happen. I'll just ring up Richard Branson. He'll be there dancing with like six go-go dancer chicks in his underwear. And they'll be like, hello, who's this? Friendly Geordies? Never heard of him. How did you get my number, you cheeky devil? You want me to say koalas? Girls, what do you think about that? Shall we save koalas? Yeah! okay count me in you know like i swear <laughs> that's how it works uh, <laughs> holy shit. Dude, you know i don't what? think that's far from truth <laughs> neither neither i, I think I rec- that's i, I think swear that that's happen. how the b team works dude and the b team will appreciate friendly geordies because you're he's a hustler he's an entrepreneur and he's a successful comedian They'll, they'll do it. Yeah, that's the only thing that they care about. They love comedians. They love comedians. And you know what else they really like as well? Flying around. No time yeah. for cars. Too <laughs> slow for that. And what's that? You tour? And do you fly by a plane or do you go by car? 
He's on a plane. He's one of us. Save Kawhi. <laughs> Dude, how much? Don't you think this would be his? This would be his uh, response as well. Just like, don't need much of an excuse to get me down to Australia. <laughs> Dude, how? <laughs> The women down there are absolutely lovely, especially around summertime. Ranson loves him some mangoes. <laughs> There's such... Ali, I was thinking about this. It's an extension of the theory that we were uh, unpacking a few episodes back. The greatest, most hilarious people of all time are cool men from the 70s that were British. <laughs> yes. And you know what I was also thinking just on that note, I was watching like um, this World War, pre-World War One doco. And you know, you know how all the billionaires want to fucking go to space? All of them mm. wanted to just fly on these shitty little planes that they funded and they would often crash. <laughs> so much more endearing. <laughs> Dang. That's awesome. Business, business, like billionaire trends have gone down for the worst. Yeah, dude. And, and like, what, what happened to fucking like, mm, this might be a little bit unrelated, but like, you know, like back in the day, not that long ago, it was only like some of the richest people and most, uh, uh, you know, aristocracy that could travel to Antarctica. You know what they did? They traveled to Antarctica on a wooden ship and they traversed it on foot. And when they ran out of food, even when they were getting like gangrene and frostbite, you know how they survived? Eating penguin. That's my kind of rich guy. Yeah, that's... Man, that is Branson back in the day, isn't it? <laughs> and they were also really into like botany and, and uh, like... Uh, yeah. They were all just David Attenboroughs. Yes, yes, they were. They were, there was like... There was more of a social respect and inclination to, to educate yourself. If you were rich, then you were going to become like the world's best botanist, scientist, biologist, you know, chemist, a, a philanthropist, explorer. That's not the, you know, apart from Elon Musk, I suppose. You know what? British just know how to handle money, don't they? <laughs> they do. They yes. really do. Have you noticed how like British uh, kid celebrities are always well brought up? They end up like those Harry Potters and you compare them to Britney Spears and all the American ones that always mm. go insane. That's Why actually, is that? That's a, that's a really good point. It's just America is such a more crass society. <laughs> it is a lot more crass. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's an educated American accent. Well, apart from Fraser's accent. Yeah, Boston. Hi, Boston. And apart from that one suburb in Boston that sounds exactly like Richard Branson. And Christina Keneally. Yeah, that's the educated American accent is CIA robot that shuts you in a lab where gas is leaking. <laughs> <laughs> No, you reckon? And then, like an educated British accent, dude. It's like the guys from Top Gear. It's just so much better. It's think, yeah, funnier. It's more educated. It's more whimsical. It's more charming. 
I'm one of those converts. I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but all those people that were saying British comedy is better, I don't think that. But I think because I am a comedian, so it's like, look at the world differently, but like British life is better and that's the comedy. Mm. (laughs) You know, they just weigh... Every time I think about a rich British man... I get a smile on my face. And every time I think about a rich British, a rich American, I think of some fat cunt wearing like a pink Hawaiian shirt standing on top of a dead elephant they just shot. Jesus. (laughs) That's my dinner. (laughs) Oh, damn, I didn't even order food. I'm making pizza, I think. You're making pizza. Like I'm putting it, I'm taking it out of the fridge and putting it in the oven. Oh, you got like a, one of those microwave oven pizzas. No, no, no. Like semi-fancy in the oven, you know? Well, I should probably get something as well, but... Um... I'll keep this party rolling. Dude, okay, okay, okay. Miss Love, can I, can I get one of your segments? Miss, like Ali Musings. Yeah. I have a very Miss Love segment. All right. Is how good... It's Steve Harvey. <laughs> well, let's Dude, hey, no arguments here. Greatest let's, Harvey is Herman Cain. Uh, you know, if he was on a daytime talk show that wasn't Fox News. <laughs> Dude, he is the funniest living comedian. Period. I'm not even going to say in my opinion. And because he is still mm. living in a time machine. All of his comedy is completely uninfluenced by the quasi-renaissance of 2016. Yes! He does not... It's not that he's talking about controversial issues, so he doesn't even come into the news, but, like, his demeanor, his jokes, they're all from back in the day. The other thing that I really like about him is... This is somewhat a little dicey area to go into, however... Miss, do you know yeah. how like that um the the Dave Chappelle character, the old Dave Chappelle character, yeah. where he plays like a stupid black man from the from the hood, uh, like those uh things of like um, uh, you mean the crackhead guy? Yeah, like the crackhead guy or uh, go uh, home, yeah. baby, stop selling weed. Me take a kids to feed. You know, like that that entire character. That used to be a character that black comedians would do which mm. was making fun of the lowest common denominator from their community. So a lot of black comedians wouldn't necessarily be that guy, but they would be yeah. very comfortable doing that kind of comedy. It's the same as like um, some guy from the Eastern suburbs does like stupid Bogan comedy. Right, 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 right. It's the, it's the black version of that. Yeah. And when black comedy sort of permeated into mainstream popular culture. Yeah. Um, and they started doing that character for non-black audience, particularly white audiences. Yeah. It was like, um, this is my thesis, but there was a, um, a, a difficulty. Like a lot of comedians after that point didn't really feel comfortable doing that character because they felt that it was... Right, uh, right. It could Not be politically correct or whatever. All yeah. that stuff. And which is, my, which is why my theory is that that was actually one of the reasons why Dave Chappelle went to Africa. Right, 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 right. Reconcile with his character and going mainstream 
and doing uh-huh. the same character for white audiences, which is completely understandable if you think that way. But yeah. that no, it's not has- understandable. Come on, anybody compare Dave Chappelle's for what it's worth with any of his Netflix specials. It, it, there is no way anything could even come close to that for what for what it's worth. There, it's one of the greatest pieces of stand-up ever made. Yeah, and it's a real it's a real shame. I don't know if we're even allowed to say you're so right man it's such a you're right it is a shame and it's awesome that steve harvey is a living time capsule and it'll be so sad when he dies and looking at him he'll look like he'll die fairly soon he looks really old (laughs) smokes a lot of cigars (laughs) (laughs) and also how good is that just wearing velvet suits unironically he is in the 90s he is and he does but like yeah you're right there's no Comedy peaked with black comedians in the nineties. Because you like, and this is it's something that we have to admit. African American com- com- comedians are funnier than most other comedians. It just when they're in their zone, there is no one funnier. Yeah, and it I'm was trying to just- give counter examples to it. There's very few. The only thing that I will say is maybe some extremely quick minds on a British talk show panel. <laughs> Different kind of funny. Different kind like of funny, you're right. He's seen uh-huh. laughing funny. No, it's just everything is just like, ah, a witty rejoinder, followed by yet another witty rejoinder. Wow, that is witty. Observant. Seven out of eight cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because a lot of comedy oh, comes from like... absurd thought. Well, <laughs> not extremely. <laughs> No, this is British. This is British comedy, smashing up very conservative English culture with something extremely off the wall and crazy. Yeah, you're right. And also this, and also here's somebody from Liverpool. Everyone laugh at him. All right, let's get back to being witty. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Actually, Ali, I think you are definitely right about that. When they're in their zone. No one's funnier. But and I and I tell you, and this is again my theory of why that is because absolute comedy, like that hysterical comedy, comes from misery. Like you need to be subjected to or have experienced absolutely miserable things for it to be like the whole Dave Chappelle joke about like going to the hood, the baby selling weed, who's already got kids crackhead comedy these are all coming from environments that are like clearly impoverished and there is a mm. fine line it's usually at some point it becomes a tragedy but just before tragedy it's extremely funny like when miss love was supposed to get covid last oh, week that how was funny. funny was that shit because <laughs> it bordered on tragedy like he could have died yeah. but yeah. it was funny as fuck yeah <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> Thank you very much. for now. Residual gag. Miss Love almost died. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, There'll be other times, boys. Don't worry. Yeah, that's true. It's only a matter of time before you have an AIDS scare. (laughs) Hey, I don't care about that. There's drugs for that now. Oh, right. Of course. And they're called crack. (laughs) (laughs) Look, dude, I, uh, I think you're right. But let's just not forget this. 
they have funny accents. That is also true. Like the the rhythmic accent. Dave Chappelle actually described what uh, when he did his uh, standard white American person accent. He he used to just say it's the same accent minus rhythm. Real. Mm. Yeah. Absence of rhythm. Like I think he said it on an old 90s Conan interview that I saw. And they are rhythmic. Like their accent is it's the same thing as mm. like uh Irish accent. It's because it's almost like music. Like you want to yeah. hear them speak for longer and longer because it's just entertaining the same way you want to listen to a song. Mm. Definitely. Now, that's a good point. And it, yeah, that combined with the music. Well, okay, answer me this then. Why is Jeremy Clarkson's voice so funny? <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's the opposite end. He is a rich, miserable man. <laughs> no, dude. No, but it's a look, I think you're right. And this is something that people don't understand. And anytime I ever hear anyone say, you're punching down, I think, and you don't understand anything about comedy <laughs> nothing punching down funny as fuck or in jeremy corbin making fun of the lowest rungs of society <laughs> i know as a comedian you put up a picture of some shit car in india you don't need to say anything <laughs> people are gonna laugh go see jordan stand up are you am i wrong no, you're not wrong like, at all. What's one of the biggest jokes in my most previous stand-up? Um, that. Yeah, that's one of them. That is one of them. And then even this, just mentioning a crap suburb. Yeah, it works yeah. every time. Everyone's going to laugh. I think being poor is very funny. I mean, it is. That's, that's it. It's either being poor or being outlandishly Richard Branson level rich. Those are the two. <laughs> and that's in a way, dream. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. No, it's, there is like, because even, even, you know how like rich people are funny when they are complaining about poor people? How funny is that? Mm. Yes, it's, it's literally punching down, but they're making fun of again misery. There is some weird connection yeah. between being really sad and laughing hysterically. Oh yeah, for sure. It, when rich people talk about like a lot of these new comedians, like when they haven't seen that much misery, they're just talking about like how many good Uber Eats stories can you really do? Well, that's yeah. the lowest form of comedy there is. Is <sighs> Australians yeah. from Melbourne <laughs> with annoying scraggly <laughs> ginger hair and Dame Edna glasses that they're not wearing as a joke. You know, that, that kind of Greens voter, those five suburbs around Melbourne. So I was looking at my Google search the other day. There were some weird ones that I don't remember searching. Can I show you guys? Can I show you guys? So weird. See, you doing that is funny though. Like you impersonating them is funny. Like that really? kind of comedian. Every time I think about them, like there's nothing that makes me laugh about them at all, except they may be getting tortured on the deep web. If I saw that, I'd laugh. And they've been <laughs> lied to. You know, one of the other problems with those sorts of comedians is that it's not even their fault. They've been 
lied to by some fucking Judd Apatow version of Australia that told them what's really funny is your story. You should tell us about your story. Mm. No, your story sucks mm. because <laughs> your life sucks. Like that was appropriate mm. for someone that had a very fucked up life. Then their story is funny, but your stories are meaningless because it's all of our stories. Mm. Yeah, you have to have had and they, uh, they think that that's what will make them funny and that's what will make them successful. Yeah, one I think one way to be a good comedian is to be a good storyteller and how are you a good storyteller you kind of have to have lived a pretty crazy life and done some crazy fucking shit not just like i grew up in the suburbs in a, in a middle class once i greened out from weed all right what about this then why is a wog accent so funny like the, honestly i think the funniest accents on earth wog accent Black accent, uh, extremely rich British man accent, especially if they're cool. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose wogs are like our version of African Americans. The real they're not like, though, are they? Spanian is funnier than most comedians. Huh? Spanian is funny for that reason because Spanian speaks in a wog accent and which is funny in itself but his stories are fucked up like they're <laughs> the most insane <laughs> stories and even though it's always the same like hood logic just take off your shirt and wear a different one even though it's the same story every time it's still funny I don't know because it's miserable okay but even things like him playing flight simulator and him being like oh. look at that bro look at that that's melbourne oh broad meadows have i heard of that shit before is there a rapper from broad meadows cars cars that's where skulls lives oi let's go look at his house hey skulls how are you all right now i'm gonna land and then he has this how good is this he has a catchphrase where every time he lands the plane no matter if it's perfect or if it like flips on itself or if it crashes no matter what, it'll just be like, watch this, Brad, watch this. And then it goes, yeah. And then maybe it'll just tumble over and, and explode. And then he'll just stare at the food, the camera, just go, like a glove. And then it cuts out. No. <laughs> no. Boys, I've got what? a question. Why do you hate that? That's what is that joke from? Uh, I don't. Oh, I, don't I know what it's, it's from. It's a joke when it's from him. No, it is. It's from fucking, from like Ace Ventura or some shit for the mask. He's trying to do it. Spaniard, don't. You know what? That probably is explains why this is so good. All of him and his convict friends' references, mm. they're all from the 90s. Yeah, and I figured out the other day, it's not just because it's like a fond childhood memory. That's when they stopped watching TV because they were <laughs> in jail. Oh, oh my God, dude. That is <laughs> sad. Hey, Miss, can you uh, confirm something for me? Mm. When you started playing GTA and you mm -hmm. got a hold of a plane, mm -hmm. did you crash it into buildings to reenact 9-11? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, me neither. Just checking. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you know the buildings don't go down in GTA, right? 
I know, I know. Uh, you still did it. You whoever still... tries it, it's still funny for a little bit. Oh, Because if, I'm not saying I would, but if someone would, it'd be funny going, yo, look. Look, I did do shit like fly the, the jet, like as high, like basically when it starts to like leave the curvature of the earth and it starts to turn into space. And then I jump out and be like, it's going to be a painful death for you. And then just like free fall for like five yeah. minutes. Just, ah! <laughs> and then fucking smashing into a car. I did do that we a lot. We all did that. Yeah, we all did that. We all did that. <laughs> but just for the record, none of us did the reenactment. No. I'm well, sure that was the that I was playing didn't have the plane. Yeah, the, the top view. GTA 2. Yeah, you play GTA 2. No wonder I think that game sucks. Dude, I love G- I, I I still smash GTA 2. It was like, no, you don't. Yeah, I liked it. No, I remember you playing it on my PlayStation 1 that I got for childhood memories. Well, and you were just like, wow, GTA 2. What else is that? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, there is a level of nostalgia that people do associate with um, old games. Like, for instance, last week, pre getting COVID, or not getting COVID, pre COVID scare. Um, I was playing Snowboard Kids 2 and I can tell you not as good as I remember <laughs> that shit Snowboard is... Kids 2? Yeah dude, look that shit up it was it was nostalgic but it's kind of weird that in the race you have to go on a ski lift, you know? It, it was weird yeah, this is uh, this game shouldn't have existed. <laughs> what was the point? I mean, it was very like, it was very like you know, Japanese game that was like in the like, I don't know, Atari factory or like you know, Sony or whatever, like whoever one of those sort of like, one of those sort of like companies. I'm just like, oh no, fuck, we forgot. We have to point out a game for the American audience in one month. Like, shit. Okay, okay. Get that shitty platform that that intern made. Uh, okay, okay. What do we do? What, uh, you know, what do we call it? Snowboard kids. Get it the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that too. But I do like the beginning of those old games where they're anime characters before they turn into really offensively bad 3d images well this was kind of already offensively bad 3d images if you look at gameplay that's exactly how you would oh yeah no the gameplay is terrible but just that little uh movie clip where they're introducing the characters of being like girl (laughs) and with a pink hair with music (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, come on. Better. Snubber the kids too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That point is sick. But come on. Better times. Yeah, they were better times in every way. Like, Spain dude. wasn't in jail yet. Snowboard kids is it's so mad that you could you could make thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars off a game based on like <laughs> Look how big the person's nose is in the cover. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did any of you guys play? Okay. 
Did any? I wish of this guys- was an anime. Every anime picture that I see of this, I thought, well, why wasn't this on instead of Samurai Pizza Cat? <laughs> did any- oh, fuck. Yeah, did any- Boys, okay. Any like poll, poll right now, right oh, now, okay, just to okay. gauge how old our audience is. Who remembers Samurai Pizza Cat? Go. I, now you guys go on with whatever you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I for one don't remember it, but mm. nevertheless, uh, did any of you guys play Final Fantasy VII? No, because that was just Pokemon without catching Pokemon. That is exactly what it was. Ali, did you play it? No. You know what my relationship was with that game? What? It was the Noam Chomsky of games. I'd play it and be like, I'm not intelligent enough to see this epic, epic game of epic proportions and the story is so amazing and epic. And now I went back and, you know, started playing. I was like, no, this is just crap. (laughs) This is just Mm -hmm. such Mm -hmm. bad, Mm. bad graphics, bad gameplay. Like the story, it's impossible to make sense for an adult now, let alone a 10-year-old. Miss? That might have been the most intelligent thing you've ever said. (laughs) That says a lot. It is such a bad game. I don't understand why there's so much obsession behind it and why Alec Baldwin loaned his precious golden voice to the make of that movie where the graphics were worse than Final (laughs) Fantasy VII. But you know why? So many unanswered questions to that franchise but i know why dude you know why final fantasy 7 did well it's because in many respects it was groundbreaking and that's true but the sum of its parts like just because there's elements that are groundbreaking which there are like first just certain things certain levels of gameplay certain graphics certain like basically being the first pokemon i get that but it's like that doesn't unless all those elements combine to make a good experience it's not a good game you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when, what was the revolutionary gameplay? It was you Pokemon. select the really powerful attack or the weak attack. <laughs> oh, exactly. God. The really powerful attack was more effective. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was. Oh, my God. You're... Yeah, it sucks. You're so rough. Right. You know what, Miss? And I think the audience would be totally down for this. You really need to start a Let's Play Twitch stream of you playing all the classics. I would love And by classics, I truly mean classics. If you don't look at the screen and you don't get a frown on your face by how pixelated... (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the pixels... The pixels are so... That's exactly your era. You should be playing all of these... uh, games that are remembered by maybe a hundred people alive today. Like I swear, even the creator of snowboard kids too, if you told him about that, like (laughs) what? I I remember snowboard kids fave. (laughs) It's so true. I don't know if I can show you guys uh, a meme on this, but can you see this? If you me and 97, these graphics can't get any more well, realistic. The graph is so true. Show me the graphic. <laughs> show me. Show me. I can't see. Look. Oh, no. Ali's there and he's fairly good graphics. 
<laughs> can you see? Can you see? Look, look, look. No, I not to, really. I think I have to talk. Yeah, you have to talk. Man. Wait. La, 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 la. Talky, talky, talky. Come on, yeah, He's back. He's back. What? <laughs> what is that? It's Goldeneye, dude. And big head mode. <laughs> Why does Remember? big head mode make your arms longer than your legs? <laughs> I don't know, but how, how everyone listening, I know that there's a lot of people listening that are like 16, but just have some sympathy for us. We, we came from an era when the cheats, which we were lucky to find, the internet was... You'd have to find them on the internet, but it wasn't easy. No, dude, you literally had to go www.cheat.com. All right, it was easy, but nevertheless. No, but see, that's why, like, for white kids, it was really hard because you had to know an ethnic kid. <laughs> <laughs> to get the, you had to, I'm sorry. The only way that I knew any of the cheats to any games is because there was a Vietnamese kid in my year that could barely speak English, but it'd be like, what you want? You want Pokemon Green? No, that existed. Yes, I do. Yeah. But like, we used to have to mash in these cheats to get a cheat that gave your characters big heads. I mean, that's a shitty cheat. Well... It didn't take a lot to satisfy us back in the hey, day. Ali, what was your no. go-to game as a kid? Let me oh, guess. Let me guess. Is... Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Banjo Kazooie. Unfortunately, it's way more ethnic than that. Oh no, what is it? It was the Bibs uh, Islamic Justice. The <laughs> game, and it's just. Cool. Final Fantasy, but it just moves around and it's just like, you have come across an infidel. Do you choose to behead them or do you choose to show them the Quran? Beheading, much more effective. <laughs> well, one guy guessed one of them right in the comments already. One of them was Pepsi Man. <laughs> no. Man. Not Pepsi Man. And Who's the other... Pe- what do we know this character? No, I don't, but Dude, I, you guys, I've shown this to you. I made a whole thing about how Pepsi Man was the greatest uh No, you did, yeah. The green Pepsi Man, right? Yeah, it was just a it was a Pepsi Man dressed in a Pepsi outfit that was avoiding a giant can of uh uh of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that shit is the most ethnic thing I've ever heard. What do you that, that game is fucked? Holy shit. Oh, can I see it? Can I see it? Yeah, yeah I just put it up on the screen. And dude, it's so good because I know why you chose this as well because it's fresh from the streets of uh Kerechi. Oh my god, Ali, that, that is the that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That game and WWE. Actually, sorry, WWF. That's how old school I was. <laughs> what what console did you play Pepsi Man on? Uh, PS1. <laughs> Why didn't I get to play Pepsi Man? Well, because you weren't cool enough. Or also you didn't grow up in the third world. It could be one of the two. But that's so bullshit. Why do you get games that... I want Pepsi Why Man. Why are you in a dark room? What are you doing? <sighs> I'm pissing. <laughs> Legend. Um, dude. Fuck your king, Missa. 
And All now, right, boys, we are over time. I'm pre- Miss, uh, preparing my dinner. Before we go, uh, people were really curious about your housemates' well being. Oh, shit. Why do I care about that? No, respect. <laughs> um, he is doing just fine. And to be honest, if there was ever a man that could hand, handle COVID, it's a man that I can't tell if he's a man or a walking weed leaf. So, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like it, if he had COVID, he's probably, his health conditions have probably improved. <laughs> It'd be less of a strain on his lungs. He's probably getting, he's getting, he's getting some time out time on his lungs. So he's probably going to come out healthier. But, um, but let's be honest, is he getting time out on his lungs? I sincerely hope so. I don't think so. But I am safe in Jordan's home uh, that Jordan is not in. Uh, so I haven't seen him. But no, he's doing, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. He's doing good. Uh, you know, crazy days. Uh, COVID, what a time. That's all I'm going to say. You know, crazy days. Straight up. Heady days. Heady days. All right. Um, should we call it a night for the pod audience and do the up late? Yeah. Let's tune into the up late to see if Miss Love survives. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people that joined, I think, just to see check if Miss Love was COVID positive or not. And I think they've left. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, hang around for the living. Um, look, let's be real. Tune into the update because we're going to be talking about Nintendo some more. Yeah, and I will be watching a lot more Pepsi Man commercials. <laughs> Pepsi right. Man, there's so Pepsi. many. There's not Thanks even for joining us, lads and lasses. We'll see you next week. Ali, wait, Pepsi Man. It's not even a character. Like, how corporate can a game get? That's not a thing. Dude, sometimes corporations make the best games. Were you, oh my you, it does actually look like a fun game, i got to say. <laughs> oh, it was fuck. a fun game. It was the original. And also, is there nothing Pepsi Man can't do? Well, oh God. drink Coke. He oh, yeah, of course. course. He's kryptonite. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Far out. What a hilarious character. You know what else is amazing about it? It's just like... What is that character? It doesn't even have a face. <laughs> it's so scary looking. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, no, not you, boys. The audience. Thanks for joining. Thanks. We'll see Thanks, you heaps. next week. Love you all. Love you all. See, see you next time. I'm